You are listening to the podcast Invisible Fintech, Open Banking and APIs hosted by Amit Goel and Sally Rabindran from Medici. Hello and welcome listeners. I'm your host Amit Goel and this is the place where fintech banking and technology folks learn about how financial firms old and new are leveraging the power of APIs. Fintech companies have looked at API first development for long but banks and FIs have the potential to unlock everything from individual digital services to a full API ecosystem of developers and partners. We cover many facets of the API revolution in this podcast such as open banking, open APIs, banking as a service, financial infrastructure APIs and fintech APIs. And how these open several new business opportunities for banks, fintechs, and tech fins around consent-based data sharing and open API-based integrations. The whole world is building on APIs. Don't be left behind. Learn, collaborate, and execute fintech. Hello, listeners. Today, you are listening to the 12th episode of Invisible Fintech. Um, we uh, are actually celebrating the anniversary of this podcast this month. Uh, it's been a great ride. Uh, today we have with us uh, the founder and CEO of Cashfree. Um, Cashfree is a, a company uh, which has been backed by uh, PayPal, uh, by Y Combinator, APIS Partners, and very recently they pulled off a feat um, which was unimaginable, which is to get State Bank of India as an investor as well. Um, they are a leading payments and API banking solutions provider, uh, full stack payments. Um, and they have um, processed transactions worth $20 billion annually. Uh, and they have uh, about 1 lakh, you know, 100,000 businesses uh, who use them. So uh, this is a great company and has grown very fast at the back of one of their initial products, which is uh, bulk uh, payouts. So let's welcome Akash Sinha, who is the co-founder and CEO of Cashfree. We had a very interesting free-flowing discussion with him because, you know, he he he's basically an engineering mindset. He he was a software engineer at Amazon and Bank Bazaar. So we got into very uh, interesting, deep discussions around product and tech with him, uh, but also talked about regulations in the market. Uh, I hope you will enjoy this discussion. So welcome, Akash, uh, to uh, you know Invisible Fintech. Uh, you know, the question that I wanted to start with is, uh, you know, about bulk payouts, uh, which you are a category leader. Mm -hmm. And we have known that, you know, basically payouts uh, have existed for a while, you know, at banks and, you know, financial institutions. But you thought that this is a great category. And if I if I am uh, having the right information, I think I read it somewhere that within the first two years of launch, uh, you guys reached like 100k daily transactions, uh, which was great, and and then you know obviously you have become a leader in that bulk disbursement. So my question was that how did you pick that problem? How did you uh, sort of find that insight? What what led you to to sort of you know creating this particular product? All right. First of all, thanks a lot, Amit, for inviting me on this show. I heard a lot of great things about Invisible Fintech, and it's really great to be on this podcast today. Sure. And coming to your question, right? I think the journey started long back, right? We started this company in 2015 and we were working on a very simple solution around digitizing COD payment, right? I mean, and, and, and just mm -hmm. to 
set the context right. I mean, we are trying to onboard all the hyperlocal e-commerce companies who used to sell products to COD channel, and we are like integrating with them and giving them some payment link-like solution so that their customers can pay for the product while receiving the delivery. Right. So okay. while doing so, we started engaging with customers in both offline and online space, and we figured out right. I mean, all these companies have you know a lot of unmet right, lot of you know lot of other payment problems which were not being solved by existing payment companies that time. And dispersal was one of the pretty you know larger problems these guys were facing. Right? Mm -hmm. Guys were facing to automate their refunds, insurance were facing to automate their claims, right? And then we figured out that this is this problem has two components. One is these guys make a lot of mistakes when they do it to the bank, right? Bank has portal and other stuff, so you can create a file, upload it manually. But when you do it manually, you know, at say five times in a day, you 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 end up making error there. And in unlike collection and dispersal, if you make a mistake, if you send money to the wrong person, it's not easy to recover it back. There are not you know defined repos to you know do that. Right. The larger problem was the error. Second, and the processing time itself, right? You have to invest a lot of time in getting basic things done. Right. So in payment collection, it's easy to automate at this point of time. Right? You can use a payment gateway and automate the collection, but dispersal was not automated there. But you have to put people who can aggregate data, who can create the file in a format which bank understands, then upload it to the bank, then get the response back, and then come back to your ERP system and update the dispersal. Like what happened to which transaction. And for failures, you have to do it again, right? It's just a very complicated and time consuming process. Uh -huh. These are two challenges figured out. And then we went after the industry. I mean, we, we came up with our own automated solution. We built the first API in, in, in Indian market. We're the first payments company to build API-driven payouts in Indian market. And through which try to tackle these two problems. One, my system can directly talk to your system so that you know we reduce any chances of error. You send me the data as it looks in your system. Second, we'll also make it fast enough, right? So if there is a reversal, then I can tell you which transaction reversed. You don't have to scan the entire file and figure out which got reversed. Right. And at, and, and over the period of time, we are also able to give you right suggestion. Right, so what we do right now, instead of sending money to, to a new beneficiary blindly, you verify whether this account is valid or not. You verify whether this account belongs to the right beneficiary or not. Then only you start sending money to that guy. Right, so these two things together, right, reduce error significantly. It improves the you know, process time. And third, it reduces load on your accounting team or your operations team very significantly, right? So they can use their time in other productive work. Right. right. This market was pretty large. When we started this market pretty large, unfortunately, there was no one providing the solution. And we were able to scale it pretty fast in you know initial one to two years, right? We created this entire market. Few, few of them responded fast. And see, I mean, right now it looks very easier to sell this product, but that time mm. it took almost four to six months for companies to get ready. And a lot mm. of companies did not even have this data in a digital format. So they were doing the dispersal just using Excel, right? Few companies. Right. Maybe this initially they built their entire system so that the system can have this dispersal data first, and then they started sharing this data with us over APIs. Right, right. And you know, it, it happens a lot in Indian market that uh, uh, you know, uh, and, and this is something that we discuss a lot with US investors that mm -hmm. in the US there are very defined sort of you know category plays. Right, there is somebody who will launch uh, say an identity and will stay in identity. There is somebody who will launch in you know cash management. They'll stay there. But in India, what happens is once you come out with something like this, like an explosive product, like, you know, how you guys grew, it yeah. seems like everybody is now offering this, right? So my question was that how are you kind of, you know, sort of evolving over a period of time to stay ahead of the curve? For example, maybe I can, I, I was reading, uh, you know, on your uh, Twitter once that uh, 
you did a lot of backend work to improve the backend so that you could do almost like 600 uh, transactions per second. I think for a sports, uh, fantasy sports segment customer, right? And that is like, you know, way, way higher than what banks were handling at 20 DPA. So tell, tell us things like that, which you have been doing to stay ahead of the curve. See, I mean, being a, being a first mover in this market, right? That also gives us the privilege to access a lot of new data. Right. Since right. we are able to get in touch with many kinds of businesses, right, we are also able to hear the problem firsthand. Right. Mm -hmm. so advantage is we have a lot of data. We have visibility to the problems. We also have visibility to the user behavior around it. Right. Say a payment fails, how will your user react? How will the end user react? Right. And 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 see at times how will the end user react if you ask a bank for details from them? Right. So this is what we have seen in our experience. Right. Say if you have to, just example, if you are e-commerce money, you have to refund your customer. You go and tell them, right, give me a bank account number. I'll give you a refund faster by IMPS. And a lot of times these guys would be very hesitant in sharing the bank details with the company. Right. So that also motivated us to build a product like Cashgram, where you just send a link to a user. User will enter the details on the payment gateway page itself, right? See, these days people are comfortable sharing card data, or bank data with the payment gateway, but they're not comfortable sharing these data with the companies directly, right? Unless you're right. a branded and you know very you know, trustworthy company right but in most of the cases you're not comfortable doing that just like created a middle layer you give data to cash flow itself and you get the withdrawal within seconds into your bank account right so we are you know always looking into these kind of behavior changes in the people and trying to come up with a product right one of the demands that that you rightly mentioned right was how do i increase my you know like dispersal capacity and do it faster right say if you have just example right Say if you're a company in the logistics space and you have to pay salaries every third day to your employees and you have one lakh employees, right? If, and if your system takes 10 hours to disburse salaries to your entire group, right? people would start panicking after six or seven hours, right? Once who didn't, didn't get the money. So it's very important for you to pay all of them very in a close space time, right? It's like pay all of them within 30 minutes so that they don't start panicking. Right? That's where the idea of, you know, increased TPS came into picture, right? How can I pay to more number of people in shortest amount of time? And we looked at the capabilities, right? I mean, if you look at Indian market, banks start somewhere at five TPS and can go up to 10, 15 or 20 TPS at max. Right? And they start rejecting transaction once you, you know, start pushing more and more. So that's where right. we saw the capability. We invested a good amount of time, like three to four months in building the backend infrastructure so that we can handle high amount of data inflow. And we route internally through the banking partners itself at, at, at you know, defined you know, TPS. Right. So the larger idea is to be connected with the customer, be connected with the merchant, keep on hearing the problems, analyze the behavior, and keep on improving the product. Right. So our initial payout product was built on the idea of pool account. You park money with cash free. Whenever you stuck us, we'll debit your pool account and send the money to your beneficiary. But over the time, we came with this idea of you know payout connected, right? Payouts direct, where you just link your bank account with cash free. You don't have to park money with us. Just link your key for bank account with cash free. You send us the instruction, we'll find the right bank, you know, wherever you have the account and send money from that account. Right? Example, at any given point, say, just take an example, let's say RBL bank is not doing good, right? They're having some downtime. And if you have account, say ICIC bank or HDFC bank, I'll use your ICIC bank to send money out. The larger goal is to your beneficiary, I'm giving a defined timeline, right? If you instruct us, say, at 11 a.m., then I'll send the money into that kind at 11.05, no matter which bank account of yours I use. So these are the new improvements we have done in the product. Right. Yeah, so, very interesting. And then moving forward, we're also working a lot on the international dispersals. Right. We have done a lot of that domestic dispersal. We already are a leader in this market. 
Next, we see a lot of new problems in the international dispersal, where a company or said India has to pay to sellers in India. Plus, if you're running a marketplace in India and you have to pay to your vendors outside India, right? these two processes are very cumbersome as of today. So that is the next bigger thing we have picked up. We already have piloted this product and have you know customers like RMX and all using it. And this is the new you know like area where we see we can get good success. Very very interesting. So you know every year a um, bunch of people, especially investors, you know they ask us that okay is payments done now? Is payments innovation done? You already have like fifty plus unicorns and there's so much and more which has happened. And every year we tell them oh there are like more things which are happening this year and and you guys are a classic example of you know continued payment innovation so maybe uh, with that uh, i will pass it over to salil uh, who has a few questions as well yeah gosh yes, hi um i wanted to uh, you know um spend a little bit of time on your payments gateway part of the business and uh, you know look at things from the uh, merchants point of view um so you know, beyond what you're doing today um, on dispersals, payouts, um, which are already created doing, uh, typically you have all these problems around card abandonment, mm -hmm. you know, transaction dropouts, you know, in general, the success rate of transactions, pass-throughs, reconciliation, and even fraud management for that matter. And these are all genuine problems that online businesses face today. And my question is, you know, what kind of, what sort of additional responsibilities do you think uh, a payment intermediary like cash we can actually assume to solve some of these problems for online businesses. Great. Yeah, thanks Ali for that question. See, I see the payment company should play a larger role in making this online businesses successful. Right. And successful is pretty larger term, but you know that's that is the goal we should work with. And we try to do a bit wherever we can make an impact. Right. I mean, it's not, we cannot solve all the problems of online business, but there's a lot of, you know, problems for them that we can definitely go and solve by using our payments capability or by using our insights around customers. Right. Mm -hmm. If I take example of you around card abandonment, right. A lot of times, you know, people may be in a rush, right. They just add something, but forget to check out. In those cases, Cashway has this product payment link that you can integrate, or we even have this feature of, you know, sending reminder to the customer, right. Say once they have gone to the payment page, but forgot to check out. Right, then we can just send a link to them over email saying, hey, you forgot to check out this product, right? Why don't you try it right now? So that is yeah. that is one thing people use, you know, to improve their card conversion, right? If someone has checked out, but the larger problem is how do we increase the conversion? Say someone has landed on cash free payment page. What are the things we should do so that customer, you know, converts and pays then and there, right? There we are doing things like, you know, saving their card, right? We are doing things like, Offering them all kinds of credit product, right? Buy now, pay later method, so that they don't have to think a lot, you know, about making the conversion. Right. Third, we are also trying to offer as many as you know payment modes they can use. Fourth is they're trying to make it easy to accessible. Right. One example I can take, right? We have done a lot of good job in UPI payments, right? Especially on the mobile devices. Right. We have done a lot of good job on the intent, you know, payment on the UPI, irrespective whether you are browsing it from mobile web or mobile web app. And with this kind of checkout, a customer can pay within 10 seconds of you know, hitting our payment page. Right? This kind of thing will improve conversion at this online place. Pretty, pretty healthy, right? You can have high to 7% conversion if you have very smooth payments you know, for your customers. Yeah. Right? That is on the conversion side. Second, I like to raise point on the fraud and risk. Right? There we are also doing our bit in reducing the fraud and risk. Right? See, today, a lot of business has the aspiration of reaching out to global market. Right? And in global market, you get across with the kind of 
instrument which does not have two factor authorization similar to what you have in india right it puts all this much in very high risk i said it today say you deliver a product not tomorrow bank will come back there is a charge or a dispute now you have to refund money to your customer or the original card holder right? this becomes very tedious this reduces the confidence of people in in approaching this global market and that's where we are trying to build a very robust risk and fraud solution so that we can identify the transaction which could be fraudulent and add additional checks ourselves right without involving merchant we can add additional checks ourselves to verify the authenticity of the transaction and then tell merchants to you know ship the product because transaction is not you know clean right right and uh, you know indeed i just wanted to you know tell our listeners that you know we often tend to look at fraud management from a from a cost standpoint but uh, i think the a better way of looking at fraud management is from a revenue generation standpoint right. because you invest more on fraud you are actually enabling better pass throughs because you are much more confident about passing through transactions and that has a direct positive impact on your transaction success rates and which then translates into more revenue so i think it's a very very key component of this whole thing isn't it it is it is especially in the online world right if you are selling anything online i mean that's it's your infrastructure right we should see it as a infrastructure that we are going to use and you can reach out to much larger market you can start offering more modes to your customer and you can have higher conversion eventually that's wonderful i just wanted to you know take you immediately into regulation it's not something all of us like talking about a lot but i think it is uh, you know absolutely essential as well and you know in the context of uh, payments intermediaries it's becoming more and more important so i just wanted to spend some time on it um we know the role that um you know Uh, a cash free place today for example uh, as a payments inter- intermediary in the entire ecosystem and therefore you know you guys are systemically important uh, if something fails on your side you know it can actually cause a cascading disruption across the ecosystem so in that context you know i wanted to understand from you how do you look at uh, you know for example the central bank stepping in to regulate payments intermediaries i'm sure there are two sides to it so if you could cover both sides which is you know does it for example help you create a level playing field uh, with the likes of banks um what are the constraints that you see today in the thought process as far as regulation on payments intermediaries are concerned and uh, you know also what would be your expectations from the regulator thanks alil again for this question See, I mean, I think it's about time, right? That they start, you know, formalizing things in the ecosystem. Right? Yeah. So in the larger context, we are very welcome of this PAPG guideline. See, I mean, the earlier guidelines, RBI was there to ensure protection of customers' money, right? And, and that's why they enforce this entire concept of nodal escrow to be used by payment companies. Correct. Right? But now they are trying to and and give more face to the payment aggregator. right so that the entire trust on digital payment you know go up right even today right, a lot of merchant customers are hesitant of using online gateway right but once this kind of thing kicks in right that only authorized players are running the payment system then people would be much more comfortable in using the online system right in, in my opinion which is what we do with the bank right? because we know banks are well regulated by rbi and all and we don't have issue in trusting banks you know till a very greater degree 
right? Similar thing would start happening with the online payments world. People would start trusting, and there will be certain standards around. You know, like could be grievance handling, could be the way we handle the money, right? I mean, with this new guideline, I think there are there are some you know control on the money management too. Right? This will give additional comfort to both business and customers who are going to be part of this digital ecosystem. Right, and recognizing this role, recognizing and giving this you know separate need to the entity, I think this will be very helpful to the overall growth of the digital payment ecosystem in India. Right, and and even on the same side, RBI has modified their you know direction like in time to time. Initially, they they were suggesting a very high net worth to start with, and now I think they have reduced it to I think twenty five year, which is which is you know like much lesser than what they wanted to do initially. Right, has this been a consultative process? Uh, when they set up uh, some of these policies, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I mean the industry bodies have been sharing their opinions right around yes. here, and we see RBI being receptive to that, and like coming back with their suggestions or trying to mitigate similar concerns right to one or the other. It has been you know, like a consultative process. Yeah. A lot of things are in line with what you know companies are expecting. I mean there are still suggestions you know we have been sharing with RBI, and we are still waiting you know their response. on those areas yeah so some of these policies for example you know uh, sorry to interject some of these policies you know have been heavily debated um you know some of them tend to introduce a fair level of friction for example the policy around storing card uh, details until you actually get into a tokenization sort of a solution so what's your opinion on those yeah i think people have to adapt there i think so far we have been the mode of storing card directly But I think we have to get into the tokenization mode first, which I I believe companies are already working on. Right. Right. So that okay. that's something you know we'll have. We'll continue working, and there are other ways to you know figure those things out. I mean, as as you said, right, there would be effort for the companies right now to comply with guidelines, but in the longer term, I think things would be for the much betterment of the end user. But as I said, it's important to increase comfort, right? I mean, right now, see, India is already a pretty growing market when it comes to real time payment. Right, we do close to what 25 billion real time payments you know, in in a year right higher than any country on this earth and to grow it further we need to bring more comfort and to bring more comfort we need to have a standardization i mean where customers expect customers know what to expect from the you know online payment companies yeah right? that's why we also have a defined chapter on the grievance handling right so if there's a refund to be processed we have to process within you know 14 to 15 days those things will will you know tell people right you know if something goes wrong then you expect these kind of things within these many days right so yeah. we can bring a lot of new customers on the digital ecosystem by standardizing few of those things yeah and uh, any specific top 2 3 asks if i may to put it if i may put it that way you know that you would have from the regulator to um, you know give that impetus to this whole business I'm sure to... you know uh, you would have actually come up with a few of these as an industry mm-hmm. um, and gone back to the central bank. I think we have requested certain things on the so so we are also part of the RBI sandbox. I think mm-hmm. we, and we we are working on certain solution around cross border money movement. Right there we have suggested our sharing and RBI has asked us to you know like create material around it and be ready with that. So those are the areas we are working with you know RBI directly. coming on the ppg side yes we have shared our suggestions i mean as, as part of our larger industry body things we still to get a response you know on those yeah right we have a suggestion around cost storage suggestion around you know like certain of the policies okay yeah excellent back to you amit 
Yeah, sure. So, Akash, earlier you talked about international payouts, and I think uh, I was reading that um, somewhere you have said that international revenue is expected to make up 30% of your total revenues in the next three years. Um, one of the things I always kind of, uh, you know, try to ask founders is that, uh, you know, that how, how do they decide about sort of international growth? Because a lot of um, fintech companies in India believe that the Indian market itself is very big, and so there is no need of going outside. Uh, but then, you know, we all know that pricing is a big issue in India. There are margin pressures. And, you know, for those reasons, also people go out. But it's different for different companies. So I wanted to ask you, like, what, what is propelling you to go to international markets? I think it's largely the opportunity. I mean, I think in India, fintechs in India have done a very good job in, in stabilizing things in India, right? India is a very high-scale country. And we're also slightly ahead when it comes to financial system, right? It's stuff like UP and all is pretty much non-existent in many parts of the world. So we have that advantage of the knowledge and we also have the experience of building systems at scale, right? Example, which you took, right? Building things at 600 TPS. That's something you don't see as a requirement in many countries. And since we have built it, we have opportunity to scale such kind of technologies in other emerging countries who can see India like a scale like in the next three to four years, right? So, I mean, fintechs have good opportunity in the emerging markets. And I believe right in the next five to seven years, a lot of fintechs from India would dominate the global market. Right. And, and that is a trend we have already started seeing. Right. And, and which, uh, have you thought about which countries you would look at? I think we want to look at more complementary offering, right? So our larger intent here with the international market also, how do we help Indian companies go global easily? Mm -hmm. Like tomorrow Indian companies want to go into 10 countries, 20 countries, they don't have to put effort. They don't have to waste their one month of their precious time in just figuring out payments or collection in those markets, right? So that's why we are going to choose countries where we can give complementary service back to our Indian ecosystem. Right? Say tomorrow, right. if you want to start selling into US, can cash fee offer more than credit card mode to you? Right? If you're a SaaS company, if your billing goes into say $10,000 or $50,000 in a month, credit card becomes unviable, right? You would want some kind of fixed cost, you know, or, or a cheaper way of receiving money from your customers. Right? So we are trying to improve you know, the coverage of payment mode, even international market, what you're doing in the domestic, right? We're going to do in the international markets too. Right? And say if you're selling to customers in Europe, right? then, then you, in people in Europe also use a lot of local wallets, right? which, which, which we, we Indian companies don't offer as of today. Right? IDN has more than 30 modes. Right? That's why IDN is so popular in Europe. They have all the local modes of Europe and any European company right. easily. Right. Indian merchant to go into that market and compete with you know any other business who's using IDN, right? It would be pretty hard. Right. So, so there we are making much easier. You just integrate cash fee, and cash fee will bring all the varied payment modes on the platform so that you can go to global markets easily. Right? So that will be one angle of the you know international expansion. Second, you know, as I said, we already are working with few international companies. We work with companies around seven to eight countries. And we're also helping them, you know, collect money from Indian customers in an easy way and also disperse money to Indian receivers in a much more you know seamless and friendly way. Right? Because Indians right. have also you know started shopping from global websites. And we want to make it easier for all these online you know store store owners to collect money from Indian customers in an easy way. Use local modes instead of just offering them Visa MasterCard, offer them UPI, Aeropay, and all the EMI methods that we support in India and receive money into your home country through cash fee. So with these kind right. of we can make the entire, you know, internet as a single wall, right? Internet shouldn't have boundaries, right? Due to payments that have boundaries right now, but with this kind of technology, we can make it borderless. Right. Yeah. So following the customer definitely makes sense to go to international markets.
um, okay, let, let me switch the gears here and ask you something. So we, we, have, we have actually uh, in the past worked with a lot of fintech startups to integrate them into banks. And, you know, the usual experience is that just, just sort of integrating with banks or even collaborating with them is kind of very difficult. Right. And I, I recently read that um, you have achieved the feat of uh, kind of, you know, having State Bank of India as a strategic investor in the company. <laughs> so I was very curious to know how, what led to that? How did you manage to do that? It's, a, it's an interesting one. Yeah, I think that's a pretty unique thing for us. I think we don't see public sector banks, especially space, SBI coming and collaborating with startups that often. But I feel, I think I really, you know, appreciate this type of state bank of India. I think we got connected six to seven months back, I think around October, mid or November. I think, and, and they were very keen to, you know, explore a startup. They're very keen to know how startups are functioning and wanted to give their support so that they can grow further. Right. So they looked under the business, they looked the, the way we grew the business, right? The kind of payment problems we were solving. They were pretty impressed about this idea of providing full stick payment solution in the market. Right. Because you know, the entire body is pushing towards more and more digital payments to happen in the market, right? That will increase the pie for everyone. And where the largest bank is also very keen in to you know make their own contribution to it. Right. It was a it was a very good, you know, journey for for me personally, right? Working with them, looking at their ideas, understanding problems from their perspective, right? That's pretty important for FinTech. And, and in the larger set of things, right? I, I think most of the banks or any bank who is enterprising, they should come and work with the startups in that you know, capacity because bank has the first-hand benefit of looking at all the customer problems, right? For a FinTech, it becomes slightly harder, right? See, banks have branches across everywhere in the country. Right. So they, they end up seeing problems with businesses firsthand and they can take help of FinTech in providing solution to those you know, companies. At the same time, they can also have their skin in the game, right? With those start instead of just advising them. Right. So on a larger picture, right. this is a good start. So I completely agree. Right. And, and I expect to see this yeah. kind of partnership more and more in, in the future. It could be SBI, it could be ICA, it could be HDFC. My suggestion would be like more and more banks should do it with a start, especially the growing FinTech companies. Right. Right? Who have a lot of good capabilities in turning around solution, but who still haven't, you know, figured out the problems in the best way. But it's a good validation. I think as we are looked at the way group, it's a good right. validation. And I, and I think it will be much very fruitful for us in the coming days. Right, right. So, and and we we had spent a lot of time with business units at different banks, you know, in India, private, public sector, and you know, across the world. Right. We we actually worked with some of the large and uh, you know, very fast-growing banks, and what we realize is the the guys working at banks are. It's not that they are not smart or anything. Like they 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 understand the problems, and in our discussions, lots of those problems came out. But it's just that the decision making and sometimes the problem solving approach is quite different. Mm -hmm. But anyways, you know what I wanted to just a uh, quick follow up question I wanted to ask is that SBI had announced like a two hundred crore fund sometime back, like four five years back. So is this coming, is this investment from that fund or how, how is it structured? Like, is it, is it like a venture arm investment or how is it? See, I'm not sure part, part of that fund, Amit, but yeah, it's part of their you know, private equity arm. I think that they have okay. a arm and, it's, and those were the guys who were leading this discussion. It could okay. be just one bank. Right. Okay. Great. Salil. Over to you. Yeah, and, and just just to continue for a couple of more minutes on this occasion, you know, this is um, something which has always in, intrigued me in the context of India, and that's about cash management as a business. You know, which once upon a time used to happen um, truckloads of checks 
being collected from small businesses all over and you know, the foreign banks do a great job at this uh, the likes of standard chartered and uh, uh, hsbc and others and of course the indian banks like hs uh, hdfc and um how do you look at that business in the new context of uh, you know in the new context of digital uh, in general is there a is there a big role that you guys can play in that are you already doing so and, and this is in the context of you know this relationship with sbi um, you know and the likes so what's your opinion on that See, i mean you look at the situation during the pandemic right if, if i look at the months of april may and march i think most of the businesses have moved away from this process of manually or in person collecting cash or check right so there is a big transformation on the digital side right that we've seen in especially enterprising states like gujarat maharashtra right people they are very gungo about check and you know manually doing stuff but no no one is pushing for that right? people are very comfortable using digital methods to receive or to receive or you know pay to their pay to their vendors so the market shifts are visible and we have solutions around that right we have product called auto collect through which any business can create you know virtual account for all their peers and receive money into their account in real time and also get them reconciled quickly yeah we are also doing a bit of and you know how do we make help businesses collect this this money effectively first without incurring lot of cost second you know without you know adding lot of reconciliation headache onto their shoulders right i mean it should be much easier yeah so we are also working on solution there is a solution of virtual bank account we also have virtual vpa right? you can just create vpas on demand for every customer of yours and they can keep on sending money to the same bank account whenever they have to pay you the entire digital payment payment gateways are also being used heavily in few of these markets right i, I see even banks will start using right today i mean like look at one year ago with bank used to open new account for their customer they used to collect the ch- check initially to you know seed their account and those process also have also started becoming digital right so the starting journey of the bank account is going to become digital right so we see this entire cash and check method to be reducing significantly and especially pandemic has you know catalyzed it to a very high degree yeah it's very interesting this whole virtual accounts thing and i'm just being very specific about it because it's been in existence for a very long time large banks have always used it but only in the context of large corporates and this is you know one huge area where fintechs in general have made a big difference because what they could have done as banks i mean by bringing that whole concept down to the small business level never happened all these years you know until fintech stepped in and you know i think this is this is actually made a huge difference in the whole collection business that's um, you know absolutely a big change that we have seen in the last 4 uh, to 5 years akash i just wanted to put out a last question for you um you know i just wanted to uh, pick your brains and understand some of these um you know big problem statements which are still unresolved in the market uh, you know we can specifically talk about this in the b2b payments context so what are those big problem statements which are still unresolved or probably you know you will work on for the next 4 uh, uh, to 5 years so what are the next set of trends and innovations that you can actually expect in the b2b payment space see one of the problem that that has been on for a long time is the problem of scale right as what we have seen as a business grows up right i mean it's not easy for them to scale the payments that well Right. At times, their vendor yeah. may not be able to provide them the right scalable solution, or at times, their internal infra may not allow them to scale the payments well. 
right? So scale is one of the needed pace in countries like India, right? See, I mean, one way we can keep on adding more and more user to the ecosystem. Second is you also have to be prepared for it, right? You have to prepare mm -hmm. to handle that many requests. You have to prepare, you know, the conversion rate, success rate. So that that problem is still, you know, evolving. That solution is still evolving in the market, and that is the area where Cash will continue to work on. And we're trying to build a lot of, you know, backend technologies so that we can have a bit more control on the scale that we want to provide in the market, right? Right now, we are slightly dependent on few of the, you know, banking partners. But over the time, you're going to see if we can reduce that dependency and try to, you know, build those technologies in house so that we can provide the right scale to the market. Mm -hmm. Right. Second problem would be around data security, right? How do we solve this problem, right? As more and more data gets created, as customers start purchasing from, say, 100 different websites, we have to make sure that data remains protected. Right. I mean, people have to be, because in offline, you know, purchase behavior is not tracked, you know, as efficiently as it could be done in the online space, right? So data security is very paramount. And with this entire, you know, discussion debate on the privacy, I think that will be the second you know, biggest you know, differentiator in the market, right? I mean, in terms of who can provide data security to their businesses. I think data security is around the private data, address, phone, and plus, you know, also at times card data, with the, the unique, you know, payment handler. Right. Third would be more around, you know, I think like more instant, right? And things will start becoming more and more instant, right? I mean, NEFT initially it was you know, like just on weekdays, banking hours, might has become 24 7. That's we are moving more towards the instant payment too, right? Even today, right? When a business accepts money from cash free, so they can get money into the bank account within 15 minutes. This entire you know, process of instant is being kicked in the entire ecosystem, right? Earlier, they used to wait for two days to receive their money. That that reduced to T plus one. Now they can receive money within 30 minutes. They're using you know gateways like cash free. Mm. So there's a big push on the entire instant side, be it like and and the other way also is all working, right? When customer is requesting for a return, you cannot ask them to wait for five days to get your money back, right? I mean they're expecting money on the same day or maybe in few minutes. So instant is the flavor of the entire payments in India, and UPI has really made it possible. Right. That will continue to grow. And I feel these things are needed to grow the ecosystem also, right? Bring more customers, bring more businesses. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, whenever we talk about payments, you know, we, we always say that we have barely scratched the surface payments at least in India because just because of the scale and that's really an understatement you know uh, yeah I think uh, this is great I think we managed to cover a lot of dimensions around B2B payments Akash, and it's been a very insightful conversation you know there's always so much to talk about in this space that you know I, I just find it very hard to curtail the number of questions we have because there's always so much to discuss we probably need to get you you know one more time uh, very soon to have an extended conversation on this and continue with it but uh, thank you very much today uh, for joining us it's been a pleasure having you with us today uh, to all our listeners thank you very much for tuning in uh, and until the next one on invisible fintech everyone please stay safe stay healthy thank you very much thanks akash thank you very much thanks akash thanks sir.